Welcome to this message from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon. City Bible Church is a vibrant community of people with one common desire to experience God, enjoy people, and celebrate life. Lost, recapturing the God peace. There could be a lot of things said about what is lost around us all the time. Obviously, in this particular focus, as I'm going to lead the congregation for the next several weekends, right into the Easter weekend will be the last message of this series. I want to remind you about every aspect of lostness. What has been lost in your life, in your family, in your finance, in your soul, in your emotion, in your relationships. We all go through times where we lose things. Sometimes we can be mentally lost. Sometimes we can be globally lost. Sometimes we can be socially lost or relationally lost. And of course, we can be spiritually lost. So we're going to zero in on all the different aspects of the lost parts of our life and also the lost people around us. It won't just be about only salvation for the lost. It will be a greater picture than that, but it will certainly include that every time. Those that are experiencing a lostness of soul, those that might be experiencing that particular part that some of us have already found, that is, we have found God, or better yet, God had found us. But that lostness of soul, we're after that in every person's life, every person's friend, every person's family, that they might experience that salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ and be restored every withhold in their soul first, because it's the most important part. It's that eternal part. I was reading some things online, as I do so often, and just musing over some things about what has been lost. I found a lot of websites about lost. There's some uh, very amusing websites about lost, people who have lost their pets, and how many people lose their pets, hundreds of thousands of people. There's a special website up right now about how people have lost their cameras, and you can go to the website, and the people who find the cameras actually put onto the website pieces of the camera, the video, or of the pictures that are taken. And if you recognize the pictures on the camera, you can actually get involved with the website and get your camera back. I thought that was very amusing, since they've had 700,000 people go to that website this particular year looking for their lost cameras. I also found something about... Uh, NASA and the moon pictures. I thought this was quite interesting. Uh, the web reads one giant step and now one giant blunder for mankind. The first original film of the moonwalk by Neil Armstrong, the original footage has been lost. Can you even imagine? was lost when they moved in 1970. 700 boxes of original recordings are now lost. And as they're going back, they can't find the people who actually did the work at that point or the secretaries who uh, logged all the boxes or any of the computer people. And they can't find, and so they're going through all the footage. And there's a lot of talk now about the original tapes of the 
first step onto the moon has been lost. And there are some people that are not very happy about that. There's also a Lost People website, obviously you've seen those, where the United Response Search and Rescue Company helps people find lost friends, lost relatives, and lost children. We effectively search for lost people and recover them. And as I stared at the computer screen and thought about that phrase, I thought, man, that is just an awesome phrase to think about how Father God has a search and rescue team where he effectively searches for people and restores them to the family. God is in search of people right now that maybe are out of step with him, people that are not involved with his family, people that have maybe some holes in their soul, or people that are searching so uh, well with all their might and energy in some ways to find reality and to find something worth living for. And God has a search and rescue team after them also. It's the Holy Spirit. It's believers who pray. It's believers who take the word of God to those people's lives and recover them for the purposes of God. Let's talk about this word lost. Everyone say out loud the word lost. Lost. We're talking about lost. Now remember, it's every aspect of lostness. Something you have lost. Every one listening to my voice, whether it again is live or uh, by the download from the computer, the iPod, you're listening to this message somewhere. Anywhere in the world, we get letters from people that listen to these messages all over. Wherever you're at, everyone has experienced losing something. I'm a master at losing my keys. My wife has tried every imaginable way to make sure my keys get put in the same spot. But usually I don't use the key chains or the key holders or uh, the key hooks or the key boxes or the key whatever. She always comes up with these organized ways, but those organized ways never seem to fit my way. And so I end up losing the keys in some coat somewhere or a pants pocket or I leave them in a book that I was reading or somewhere upstairs. And and usually I start looking for them, but I try not to let her know that I'm looking for the keys because I know what she's going to say to me when she hears that my keys are lost. Why don't you put them in the same place every time? Well, why don't you just use the hook that I bought them for? Why can't you have just, I mean, she has a whole spill of whys, and I have a whole response to, I'm guilty, I'm ashamed, I'm on my way to the judgment of God for losing my keys. Please forgive me. I know what to say, but it's embarrassing when you lose something and you can't find it. Everyone listening has lost a pen, a key, a book, something where you had to try to, Rack your mind to remember where that lost thing was. How many here have lost something? All right. Right now on every campus, I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them one thing you have lost this week or in the last couple of weeks. Quickly, right now, tell them one thing you have lost. Your keys, hopefully it's not your car, your checkbook, credit card, leave it somewhere. One thing. All right. We all have experienced lost. Now, my definition. Lost, unable to find one's way, no longer in possession. Now, I'm dealing with, remember, your relationship with God is one aspect of it, but there's many aspects to this word lost that we will actually focus on during this particular series. Unable to find one's way, no longer in possession, care, or control of someone. Beyond reach. You might feel that right now. I'm beyond reach. 
bewildered, disoriented, no longer in use. Something is missing and something has been stolen from my life. Something is missing and something has been stolen from my life. Maybe you don't like to talk about what has been missing from your life. Maybe you don't like to go into the parts that have been stolen from your life. But you know something is missing. Something has been stolen. Something has been misplaced. I don't have everything in my emotions, everything in my mind, everything in my soul, everything in my relationship that I used to have. I know that something is missing. The biblical concept of lost comes from a Greek word, apalemai, meaning to destroy. Now, the core meaning of this Greek word has in it the idea that something has been ruined. Cause, of course, is the work of the enemy, but the destruction has come to that person's soul, mind, will, emotions, relationships, finance. Something has been destroyed, taken. I have failed to obtain something that I wanted. I lost. Something I wanted to possess was taken from my hands. One of the words used to describe the devil and the bottomless pit in the book of Revelation chapter 9 is the word Apollon, which means destroyer. Now, the very nature of the devil is to destroy. John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, to ruin, to bring to naught, to steal from us everything that's good. We understand that. But sometimes, even with the understanding, we don't stop the enemy from moving in. But the Bible says he's a destroyer. Now, look at what I put on the slide. The one who leads people into a condition of lostness. So the enemy wants to lead you into a condition of lostness where he can steal from you or he can destroy it while you still have it, ruin it, make it so it doesn't work, rob you from the satisfaction you should have in the relationship. He is a destroyer. What have you lost? Take a survey of your own soul as we begin this particular series on recapturing the God peace. What have you lost? Our nation is going through an awesome loss right now. People are not only losing the material things. People are losing also the emotional things that went with those possessions. Or they're losing hope that went with that career. Or they're losing fulfillment that went with that business. Or they're losing excitement because there's so much pressure to make it work now. What will you give in to during this atmosphere, during this cultural upheaval of time? I believe I chose this series in due season a while back when I chose what I would be doing during this time. And I feel it is absolutely the mind of God that we would deal with what is being lost in people's lives. What the enemy is stealing from people and their families. What the enemy would like to take from you and you never find again is purpose and destiny and satisfaction and proper relationships and joy. All the things that Jesus wants to bring into our life so that we might live with those things. The enemy comes in to steal them. Have you lost something? How about these? Direction. Do you feel right now that your direction It's not as clear as it was a month, six months, six years ago. What about time? Have you wasted a lot of time because of a sinful habit, some kind of a problem, something that you never took care of, just procrastination, but you've lost so much time? 
What about losing significance? You're going through the motions of life. You're going through the motions of job, going through the motions of whatever the motions happen to be in your season of life right now. But you've lost significance. You've lost fulfillment. You have lost hope. You have lost opportunity. And opportunity is one of those things when you lose them, you don't know if you're going to get that opportunity again. An opportunity to serve. An opportunity to go through a particular door that God has opened. An opportunity to share Christ with someone that maybe that opportunity won't come back again. What opportunity does God have for your life? What opportunity has been stolen? Lost. And in your mind, maybe gone forever. What about lost dreams? Visions? Hopes? Ideas? Things you thought would be, but they're not now. Maybe the time has run out. The resources have run out. Maybe your energy has run out. Maybe you can't in any way seem to focus enough to gain that lost thing back into your heart. Maybe it's the flame that's gone out of your marriage. Maybe your marriage is at the all-time low. Maybe the fire is almost out. Maybe there's just a few embers left in the home for your marriage covenant. And you can feel it dying. You can feel the fire going out. You don't quite know what to do. Maybe it's a love for God. You've slipped into lukewarmness, staleness of soul. You've slipped into an area where you know that you don't have that fire in your soul any longer concerning God. I want us right now to acknowledge what God wants to do in our lives. If you've lost something, bow your head right now. Just for a second, just bow your head right now. Every person. If you have lost something already, you understand that as I've been beginning the series, just the introduction preaching, you know you've lost direction or time or significance or fulfillment or hope, opportunity, dreams. Maybe you've lost something even more dear than that with your morals or something more dear in a relationship or more dear with a parent-child relationship or a marriage. What have you lost that you need to recapture And God wants to bring it into your heart and mind that you would start with a spirit of faith to say, God, I believe you can restore to me everything that has been lost. If you recognize those areas of loss, lift your hands right now. Identify them with the lifting of your hand. Put that word on your hand when you lift and say, Father God, this is what I have lost. Just lift your hand right now. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for every person To get honest and open and focus your heart on the Holy Spirit moving in your life right now. Father, I pray right now that there will come an anointing of the Holy Spirit to open the lives of your people. Lord, every person who has ears to hear, not only my words, but the words of the Holy Spirit, the words that would drop deep into their lives. Lord, I believe this is a turnaround time. Lord, I believe that you can renovate, you can invigorate, Lord, you can change our lives. Father God, I pray right now that you would open up a whole new avenue of believing that God will restore what I have lost. I will not ignore that. I know there is something missing, and I'm praying right now, God, restore this dream, this hope, this avenue, this job, this relationship. Restore my spirit of faith. Restore my vitality in God. Lord, do it now in Jesus' name.
Luke 19 and verse 10. Please write this down. Circle it in your Bible. Let's claim this. Luke 19 and verse 10. For the Son of Man came to find, to find, and restore the lost. Now this is the primary purpose of the Son of God. And it's the power of the Son of God to come in and work and restore the lost. The Son of Man came to find lost people and save them. The restore is the nature of Christ. The restoration process is what God really desires to work in every person's life. Restore. Biblical concept. The Greek meaning to bring back or put back into a former or original state. Now, whatever you have lost, whatever has been taken, I want you to say in your spirit, there's restoration for me. God wants to bring back what was originally there and more into my life. Returning the possessions of someone, bringing what? Healing. Rebuilding what was destroyed. Jesus is the restore. Say that with me. Jesus is the restore. He's the one who leads people into a condition of restoration. Restoring the lost. Remember Apollon, the name for the devil, is the one who leads people into a condition of lostness. Directionless. Losing destiny and hope and dream. And that's what Apollon does. But Jesus is the restore. He's the one who leads us into a condition of restoration where we gain back what has been taken. There are particular kinds of people I believe God is after during this time period. Jesus, the restore, is going to restore people who have lost heart. Who have lost heart for a lot of areas of life. People who have lost direction, significance, opportunities, And God, if you're a person that falls into that category where you've lost heart, heart for yourself, heart for God, heart for people, heart for vision, heart for prayer, but you lost heart. Or you've lost the real focus, directions where your steps are ordered of the Lord or significance or opportunities. Or simply, you've lost God. Maybe you've never found God. Or maybe you did and you walked away from God. Or maybe you walked with God but it was so shallow it never got into your feet and your ears and your eyes and your life. You've lost that God part. We're going to take a thought from the Gospels. You can read with me as we go through the series for the next five or six weeks. Parables. We're going to be looking specifically at one chapter in the Bible And then out from that, many other verses and concepts, but it will be the pivotal chapter that we will build this particular series on recapturing the God peace, understanding what it means to be lost and having lostness in our soul. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. An outside story with an inside meaning. It means to put one alongside another And compare them. So a parable is taking something to put it alongside so you can actually interpret the other and understand it. Christ, the master teacher, was the master parabolic teacher. He would give the stories and he would draw truth from the stories. We're going to use stories and draw truth from the stories. The lost parables of Luke 15. There are three. Lost sheep. Lost coin. And lost son. 
All of them involve the word lost. All are lost for a different reason. All respond in a different way. A lost sheep, a lost coin, a sheep is in the fold. And Christ talks about the 99 and the one. If you have a hundred sheep and 99 are in the fold and one leaves the fold, the heart of God will go after the one. A one to 100 comparison. Christ says, I'll go after the one. My love is for that individual. Not just for the whole flock. Not just keeping the hundred all together. But if I lose one, I go after the one. Then he goes down to the coin. He says, what woman who loses a coin in her house does not go to any length of activity, sweeping the house and using her candles and looking in every nook and cranny for that coin. If she had ten coins and she loses one, she will do everything to find the one coin. One to a hundred sheep, one to ten coin, and then he Talks about the two sons. Which father who loses a son would not go after the one son? Now it's a comparison of one out of two. Not one out of ten or one out of a hundred. It's one out of two. The intense, powerful love of a father. Christ says we will receive this son back. And we will love the son in a way that no one can even fathom how a father loves. Because the father will restore the lost son. And the lost coin in the house. And the lost sheep who is gone from the fold. Maybe you are a person who was in the fold. But you have strayed like a sheep. Maybe you're embarrassed. Maybe shame rests upon you. Maybe there's reasons why... You strayed. Maybe you blame people, blame yourself, blame God, blame the devil, blame the culture. But when it's all blamed out, I want you to hear the words in the Bible. God loves you and God seeks to restore you to his fold. And he will come after you if you were the only sheep gone. He will seek you out. He will travel the roads. He will put you on his shoulders and he will return you to the fold. He loves his people and he loves you. If you've been lost in the house, the house of life, the house of culture, the house of activity, the house of your own works, the house of bewilderment, disorientation, wherever you have been lost, the Father will come. He'll sweep that house. He'll put the light on. He won't stop until he finds that coin because you're valuable. As a son and as a daughter, he'll seek you out. And he'll restore you to the family. He'll restore you to the house. He'll restore you to the flock. If there's something in your soul that is like a sheep that has gone astray, but you're still in the fold, but you're not allowing the shepherd to touch you or the fold to meet your need or the shepherding part of the house of God to become part of your life, that's a lostness in your soul. 
All the parables point toward one thing. It's the parables of the Father's heart. Understanding God as your Father. Understanding the love of the Father. Understanding what God means by His love toward you. It's one of the greatest aspects to being restored and finding the lostness of your soul healed when you understand the Father heart of God. The parables that we're looking at all contain the parables of the Father's heart. Which is what? The love of God is seen in the Father heart of God. How? A loving, forgiving, long-suffering, unchanging, trustworthy Father who comes to you to heal your brokenness and restore you to wholeness. He's your Father. The Father heart of God. He never gives up. He never stops. He never writes you off. You're on the palms of His hand. You're deep in His heart. He doesn't stop. He doesn't wait for you to fulfill certain things before He loved you. He loved you unconditionally all the time. There's nothing you can do to earn that love. It's the Father heart. Of God. The unconditional love of God. It says in 1 John 4 and verse 8 that God is love. The unconditional love of God would read like this it's absolute and unreserved and is not limited by conditions and by responses. Oh, I might love someone because they are, because they do, because they please, because I have pleasure with them, or because I have fulfillment with them, or because they please me in the, in the way they do things. I can love you because you give me money, because you obey me, because, because I have a hundred things that will maybe cause me to love you more. Because I'm human, fallen, shaping and sin and iniquity. I don't have the total love of God perfected in my life. And so I don't love unconditionally the way Father God loves unconditionally. Not limited by conditions, by responses, or by anything a person does. God is love. His love is very different than our human love. But sometimes when we respond to people the wrong way all the time, we learn wrong response. Sometimes in our generation, our culture, People have never had the unconditional love of an earthly father or an earthly mother or even a friend or a spouse or a sibling. They've never ever experienced someone loving them just for who they are and in spite of themselves. They've never experienced that kind of love. And so when they come to God, they come to the Father, they come to church. They still feel they have to do certain things and be a certain way before God will bless or receive them or do something for them that they can't do for themselves. They still feel they have to earn it. That's not Bible. God's unconditional love is, number one, undeserved. We're not worthy of it. We're not worthy of God's love in ourselves. We're worthy of God's love because we're in Christ. And God loves us through the cross. Romans 5, 5. From when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely 
A righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good one, a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. How? In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's his love. While we were still stubborn, still in our rebellious ways, while we were not running after God, walking with God, pleasing God. Bible says God loved us, demonstrates his unconditional love toward us. His unconditional love is unearned, not entitled or owned because of any labor of service performed. Nothing you can do will make God love you more. Number three, it's unaffected by your past. He does not hold the past over us. He loves us no less because of our past sins. He does not see us in the light of our past, in the light of our failures. You are not the person who fell this way and the person who caused that. And this is how he sees you. You are new in Christ. You are loved through the cross. You are forgiven. You are a brand new creature. God's love is on you to restore you. And his love is undeserved, unearned, unaffected by the past, unaffected by the future. His knowledge of your future will not stop him from loving you. It's unending. His unconditional love continues forever without end. Lamentations 3, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning, never ending. Unbelievable. Awesome. Turn to someone right now and say, awesome. Turn to someone else and say, unbelievable. Just tell anybody around you, I'm loved. Go ahead, say to someone, I'm loved. God loves you. Now turn to someone, look them in the eye and say, and you're loved. You're loved. You're loved the way you are. You're loved right now in the midst of it all. You're loved. His love is unfailing. Unlimited supply. Always able to supply what you need. His love is unfailing. God is the restorer. God reaches out in love to bring restoration to every one of us. Thank God he touched my life and your life. Regardless of where I have come from, regardless how I got here, God loves me. Psalms 80 verse 3, restore us, O God. And that's our prayer during this time. Restore us, O God. Come on, say it with me. Restore us, O God. Psalms 80, verse 3. Isaiah 42 and verse 22 says, There are people robbed and plundered, snared in holes, hidden in prison houses, but nobody says restore. I want you to look at all the people around you, not in the rooms right now, but in your life, in your neighborhood, around your extended family, around your jobs. And I want you to keep Isaiah 42 and verse 22 as a point of faith that you will say to these people, restore. I know you're plundered. I know you're in a hole. I know you're bound. I know you have problems. But I'm one who is saying for you, oh God, restore them. God desires to restore people. Ruth 4 and verse 15. May he be to you a restorer of life. My prayer right now. 
May he be to you a restorer of life. Ruth 4, 15. Psalm 30, verse 3. May he restore your soul. Jeremiah 30, verse 17. I will restore health to you. May he restore your health. Spirit, soul, and body. Matthew 12, 13. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And he restored his hand as whole as the other. May God restore your hand or restore your reach to the future. Then Mark 8, 25. Jesus put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up and he was restored. And he saw everyone clearly. My prayer that Jesus would reach down in this particular service right now as you listen to this particular message. And you would allow the restoring touch of Jesus, the restoring hand of God, the restoring power of the Holy Spirit. You will reach more. You will see more. You will walk better. You will open your life. You'll have healing of the soul, your health, your spirit, your mind, your body. And you will experience what it means to be taken from lostness to restoring us.